Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey, it's Steve Sparky Piper, 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out as we broadcast from the Wendy's Studios. Don't forget those tasty Wendy's French toast sticks. I'm all full of flavor, striking the perfect balance of a soft custardy interior, crisp golden brown curls with a hint of vanilla. Wendy's French toast sticks that taste homemade. And of course, I always get a frosty chino to go along with that bad boy. Joining us now is our guy, Tim Dillard, of course, analyst with Bally Sports Wisconsin for Brewers Baseball pre and post game. Of course, Fills in for Rock during the year as well, and a co-host of Brewers Unfiltered with Adam McKelvey. You can download that uh, on your Odyssey app or check it out uh, at Brewers.com. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it, Tim. How you been, man, now that spring training is uh, starting to wrap up a little bit? Yeah, I know, right? Well, I just got activated. I'm uh, I'm currently driving right now uh, to Milwaukee, and then I'll fly out tomorrow to go to Arizona for the last week of spring training, so... Yeah, it's definitely ramping up for me just now as spring training is almost done. Uh, but I will say this, uh, as far as Brewers Unfiltered, it is not just myself and Adam McCalvey. Sophia Minnert is now uh, ah. absolutely, absolutely at the center of this thing, and she kind of keeps us all in line. So, yes, our second episode episode's coming out soon, so definitely check that out. What do you make of any type of Brewers, Pitchers, ERAs, uh, in spring training, Brandon Woodruff uh, didn't have such a great outing uh, last go around. He said he's got a lot of stuff to work on. Uh, what do you take away from ERAs in spring training? I mean, I was a pitcher, dude. <laughs> I don't want anybody to look at my ERA. Um, it's it's kind of like the fall league. Like you just it's it's tough. Everything about it's tough. The parks you're playing in, um, the ball flies. Uh, you don't know who anybody is a lot of times. Like what the scouting report is, uh, what they're looking for. Um, and you're trying to get the feet under you, right? And there's other guys chomping at the bit to make a team. So it's just a weird combination. And it, it doesn't – a lot of times it's not going to show exactly what the guy can do uh, if he makes a ball club. So in the case of Brandon Woodruff, he, he did throw – what was it, like eight scoreless innings or something like or six scoreless innings before he gave up a run. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to give up a run, give up a solo homer. It kind of steamrolled after that the other day. But before that, his previous games were – and I think these guys that have contracts and spots locked up, you know, to be on a big league team, you have spring training to work on things that normally you wouldn't have a chance to if you're a guy trying to make a club. So uh, for him, his changeup was really good yesterday. And, you know, he's probably working on stuff that we don't even know about. So he'll be fine. Those guys, they know what they're doing. Okay, so what about the difference between a player that is – 
uh, fighting to be on this roster on opening day versus a player that pretty much knows they have it locked up uh, and they're kind of just can refine uh, what they're doing. I, I would assume the mindsets are completely different. Yeah, just to give an example, I remember one year I scrolled into big league camp, uh, a young guy, I mean, what I thought was young, and I'm trying to make a ball club, so I, I, I'm probably a little more ready than most guys just because I want to come out throwing bullets, right? Like just throwing missiles right out of the gate, first day of spring. That was my goal. Uh, and then I, day one physicals, I see Jeff Supon. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I love Soup. Soup's great. Um, but you could tell he probably did nothing the whole offseason. <laughs> and he uses, he uses spring training to, to get ready. Because that's initially what spring training was. It was uh, put together, you know, guys had offseason jobs. And they would come together, and they're already kind of in a pretty good shape just from being, you know, not dormant all year, but they're actually, you know, in pretty good shape. And then they just refine their skills to go play baseball. It takes two or three weeks. But now it's turned into a spectacle because uh, the, uh, the level of play is so high and there's so many guys that are so good that you almost have this, um, you know, this, this month or six weeks to narrow down your best players. And that's how long it takes to do that. But I, I always laugh. Like, Supon, he had a four-year deal. He could do whatever he wants in spring training, show up however he wanted to. Yeah, that is that is crazy. Talking with Tim Dillard. Follow him on Twitter at Dim Tillard, of course. Uh, analyst for uh, Brewers Baseball on Bally Sports Wisconsin. What about this World Baseball Classic? Because I feel like, you know, getting ready to go do that is a lot different than getting ready just to go through a normal spring training because of the intensity of those games and the atmosphere in which you're playing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about mindset, perspective, and getting ready you know, for the season. And uh, if you're a young guy on the bubble, per se, like, it's just nerve-wracking. And I think right now the Brewers have 46 guys still left in the, in the um, in camp as far as maybe yesterday. I don't know well, if they made changes today. They made some moves today. Uh, Peyton Henry, Blake Perkins, uh, Jay Cousins, uh, and Elvis all option to AAA. Eddie Alvarez, Sky Ooh. Bolt, uh, Andrew Monasterio, John Singleton, Josh Van Meter reassigned to minor league camp. Wow. Uh, I would say the biggest shock there is probably Cousins. I feel like, I mean, maybe he didn't have the best showing in spring training, but um, that's, that's strange. That means that somebody did something really good um, as far as that bullpen. Well, maybe it's but, the Rule man. 5 pick, Varland, uh, who's pitched really well to this point, other than giving up a couple of homers. Could be, Javi Guerra. I mean, there's a lot of good pieces. And what, What's interesting and what I think Brewers fans should know is um, they have so much talent. Like, here's the hard part. When you have that much talent in the clubhouse, it's really hard for coaches to sit there and go, okay, maybe this guy should be there. And then you hear, oh, well, he doesn't, you know, he has options. Yep. So that then you're just susceptible to the nature of what baseball is. And they say, okay, well, we'll option him and keep this guy because he has no options. And so you're, I've, I've been the victim of that, you know, a few times, or at least that's what I tell myself crying at night. You know, sometimes it just <laughs> doesn't go your way. Uh, just because of the politics of what goes on. Uh, but at the end of the day, you always have a shot. And the way they've used this bullpen in, uh, in the past, you're going to say, okay, you may be in Nashville AAA, where I'm about to cruise through right here in Nashville. Uh, you may be there for a week. You know, you may be there two days. I remember uh, Ariel Pena made it uh, a pitcher. I'm not even sure what year it was, 2016 maybe. He made the big league team out of spring, pitched one game, and then got sent down. Jeez. So, 
what whatever opening day looks like, it's not going to always look like that. It's it's I'm telling you, it's not opening day. We make a big fuss about it because it's awesome and fun, but it's not always what it's going to look like. You know, the the first even the first week of uh, of the season. Well, and then that goes into the young guys uh, that are fighting for roster spots, even though they probably are aware because they don't want to burn service time that they'll get sent down. But uh, it feels like, and maybe it's lip service from council, I'm not quite sure, but I mean, he's talking like, you know, Joey Weimer uh, is playing uh, and has a chance uh, to be on this roster coming out of spring. And I think most people looked at these young guys like him and Sal Freelich and these guys are saying, there's no way. I get Mitchell will be there, but these other guys will probably have to go down and get called up later in the year. Would you be surprised if him or Freelich ended up on the opening day roster? I think Joey Weimer should be on the opening day roster, honestly. I, you know, you look at some guys and you're like, okay, this guy needs a little more refinement or maybe this. I just want to see Joey Weimer play. I'm very selfishly, this guy just, I mean, he walks up there, and the way he takes at bats, it's uncomfortable for a pitcher. Like, the way he runs the bases is uncomfortable for a pitcher. And the guy has the, you know, the top three arm of all prospects all across baseball. So, uh, exciting player, yeah. And with Tyrone Taylor injured right now, to me, that's a viable option, especially if you got Garrett Mitchell playing center field. He's coming back from a hamstring. So whoever that you decide is that third or fourth outfielder, they better be able to play center field uh, just in case Mitchell needs a day or two. I know they want him to be probably the everyday center fielder, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's tough. It's tough to get a full big league 162. Like, that's a lot to ask from a young player. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope he does because I just want to see that guy play every single day. Uh, Talking about Joey Weimer, well, Garrett Mitchell too. Uh, If if Sal Freelich's the guy, uh, I think he's ready. The guy can hit. We saw the World Baseball Classic. He can hit. He can flat out hit. And you, it, that's hard uh, to teach a guy. Like, say he has all the other tools, but then you got to teach him to hit. Uh, yeah. He's got that covered. Approach is there, and he's just a pure hitter. Yeah, no doubt. I think he's a leadoff hitter for like a decade with this team if it all goes right. But, uh, again, that's just projecting. Uh, what about Christian Yelich? He's shown some power uh, throughout spring training. Have you noticed anything different from Yelich uh, watching from afar, I guess? Yeah, I, I I really like it. I really like his his swing. One thing that I've seen is, and and I know that Rock and Levering have covered this in the booth, is he is getting to the inside high pitch uh, a lot better. Uh, but for me, his swing is just tighter. It's just tighter. It doesn't look like he's swinging around the ball like we've seen a lot in the past couple years. Um, it looks like he's just making really good contact. And listen, even if he does the exact same thing as he did last year, you overlap that with the limits on the shift. Uh, there's there's no end. I think he did not benefit from the shift, and he will benefit from the fact that they're kind of you know they're getting rid of it, limiting it. So I don't know. I, I, there could be some exciting exciting career seasons for a lot of these guys. Well, that would be good. I, that would be very good because if you have a couple of career seasons, just a couple from uh, these offensive players for the Brewers with what that starting pitching should be like, that could be a promising season well, for the Milwaukee yeah. Brewers. Well, the reason I say that is because if you look back at last year, if, if one if you can put your finger on one thing, I feel like they didn't have anybody hitting wise uh, that just had a career year, Agreed. right? And if you want a special if you want a special season, you almost need somebody to have a special year. You look at the Cardinals; they were lucky enough to have Goldschmidt and Arenado have you know two of their best seasons. So that right there is a lot of times you just need that one spark, that one constant throughout the season that can pull that off. And I think that was probably the one thing. Everybody had 
there was a lot of okay and pretty good seasons and something to be proud of seasons, but uh, I don't think there was one exactly one guy that you could say, wow, this was a career year for this guy. What about Rowdy Tellez with this a shift going away? I think a lot of people think he could benefit from that too. Uh, I think he will. I don't, maybe not as much as Yelich, but Rowdy can. He has just as much, you know, opposite field power as Yelich. Um, one thing that he does really well is is he. It doesn't take much for him to have a lot of pop. Right. And I think he. I think he's realizing that. Um, one of the interviews he was talking about just making more contact this year. So the shift may be, I don't want to say maybe enticing, like say, hey, let's just, instead of trying to just hit the ball as hard as you can out of the park, just make more contact and make things happen, right? If you're a big guy, even though you're on the left side, he's not you know, going to steal 20 bags. So for him hitting the ball on the ground, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going for doubles and home runs. Well, now he may hit a, you know, pull a ball in the four hole, and that's a base hit. So there's a little bit more incentive for him to try to make a lot more contact. And he had some success in the World Baseball Classic before Mexico gets eliminated by Japan. Luis Urias uh, with a big home run uh, for Mexico in that game against Japan as well. How do you think he played at third base? Uh, and do you think he'll be even better defensively at second base? Luis Urias, yeah. I, I, he can play. He can play. I, I don't know last year or the year before him if he was, a, uh, if he was ready um, for being an everyday shortstop. I don't think that. I think that's when they went out and got Willie Adamas. Like I don't think he was ready for that yet. Uh, but you can tell he's very comfortable in what he's doing, and I think he's comfortable anywhere he plays. And uh, that's that's a lot of the stuff that's going to shake out as far as spring goes. I would love for Brian Anderson to be at the everyday third baseman, meaning that Luis Arias can be the everyday second right. baseman, um, and that way that way that opens up Weimer for right field. So the big piece there is just the fact that yes. Guys can play multiple positions. Uh, but if you don't have to do that, it, it, if the normal is put this guy in this position and let him run with it, that's always beneficial. I, I think players would love to just, hey, stick me there. I, you look at Rowdy Tellez. Hey, put me at first base. I'll play every day. Yep. doesn't matter. Lefty or righty. Just get me out there. And a lot of times guys thrive in that situation. 1,000% agree. I, I hate when there's like five positions that are platooning every day. Like, it drives me absolutely berserk. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these guys are all based on numbers and stats and so forth and think it's better for the team, so uh, they use it. I, I, the other question that I have is, uh, you've seen how these new rules kind of have come into play now with the pitch clock, the bigger bases. Stolen bases are up almost 200 uh, stolen bases over, I think, last year, somewhere in that area uh, in spring training. So that obviously has had a huge benefit. Uh, game times are down, too. What do you think of everything that you've seen as far as the new rules go? Um, I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like, you know, old man yells at cloud. I'm not a big fan of changing that much over one offseason, right? Like, sure. they put in so many rules. But if you're going to make the bases bigger, you're going to have more stolen bases. It's like, okay, well, how would as a pitcher, how would I get guys to stop stealing bases, right? In the minor leagues, we would face the Royals a lot and the Royals that was what they were built around was speed you know a lot of so you knew that as a pitcher you're going to play the triple-a Royals these guys are going to run so what do you do you hold the ball you hold the ball you keep their lead down and you step off you throw over so major league baseball goes okay if there's going to be more stealing and the pitchers are just going to hold the ball and and throw over then we need to limit that so one rule led to another rule which, 
to, to kind of get around all that, they should have just made first base a little bit bigger for health purposes. But now they're doing it for second and third. That opens up you know, real estate for guys to slide into. So it's not just they're four and, four and a half inches closer. It's that they have more place they can run to. So I, I don't know. I think that we're going to see a little bit of adjustment maybe in the first month. I think 15 seconds in between pitches is it can, at, at moments can be too quick. We heard Brandon Woodruff talking about yeah. that a little bit. Pitch clock snuck up on him because there's a lot that goes on and there's so many variables to sit there and say, this is the way to do it. Um, it's a little bit in some ways pompous on major league baseball's part of going, yeah, yeah, let's just give them 15 seconds. Oh, let's just give them 20 seconds. There are so many things that go on and it's not every pitch, but there's a lot of times you have to give an okay. And think about the runners. Think about the runners. They get a base hit. They got to take their elbow gears off. They got to put their sliding pad on, pick up their third base coach. Third base coach has to look in the dugout to get the sign from the manager in case something's on. And then the guy at first has to get the sign from the third base coach. And then, boom, you're going to do all that in 20 seconds. Like, that's just – and the bat boy's running off the field with all the gear. Like, I don't know. We'll see. And what if it rains? What if it rains and the water's dripping off a guy's helmet or bat? Like, he's not allowed to call time but once. Um, I think you're going to see some weird stuff. I think it's going to look funny until baseball comes in and tries to make another rule to kind of clean up the, the funniness of it. But Max Scherzer is going to exploit it. He'll be number one to watch. If there's a way to exploit any of the pitch clock, Max Scherzer's already done it. He's going to find out a way, and it's going to be what – probably everyone else does moving forward. I saw a thing today that said Major League Baseball is looking at the rule changes they put in place for spring and are talking about possibly tweaking some of the rule changes going into the regular oh. season. So. Well, I didn't read that. I'm not trying to say I was right because I read it. I, I just, you just figured. Like, as soon as they announced this stuff, my first thought, is, and this is what baseball players do, they want the rules. Give me the rules, and then I'm going to exploit them to the nth degree. Sure. If you want to go as far back as, like, the steroid era, they're like, okay, well, you know, it, technically it wasn't a steroid or it was a PED. But right. You didn't specify, so I got away with it. You know, there's guys that are going to do that. This is a little bit different, but once you have the parameters, pitchers, hitters, fielders, they are going to just manipulate it down to the nth degree. For example, uh, one year, do you remember Angel Solomon? Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. For the Brewers, yep. had a short clip. He was my catcher in AAA for most of the year. Uh, and uh, let's see, um, Alcides Escobar was my shortstop for most of the year. I believe this was 2009-ish uh, in AAA. So I always liked having a scuff on the ball. I was a sinker baller. I loved having a scuff on the ball. I could manipulate it, and I could throw it right down the middle and watch it move. It was comical. Had a really good season. A lot of that had to do because Angel Salome would throw the ball down to second base to start the inning and would short hop Esky every single time. So to start every single inning, I had a, just a perfectly scuffed baseball because they would do it so quick that nobody would even notice to change the ball out. So put that into today's rules. If I was a pitcher, I would say, hey, I strike a guy out. I want you to overthrow the first baseman, or I want you to overthrow the third baseman throwing the ball around the horn. Or I would tell the third baseman, hey, short hop second base every time. Get that scuff. If somebody notices it, you got to call time, get a new ball. It's that much rest that you get. So there's loopholes throughout this thing uh, that clearly, you know, a lot of people haven't even thought of, but I guarantee baseball players have thought of it. Well, the nice thing is anybody listening to this interview is going to see something like this happen in a game and go, yep, Tim Dillard said this was going to happen. Yep, heard it was Sparky, no doubt or, about it. Yeah. Or, I'm, or I'm completely wrong and it'll be like, that crazy bearded fool, 
<laughs> no, that won't happen. Follow Tim Dillard on Twitter at Dim Tillard. Of course, Brewers Unfiltered. Make sure uh, to go and download those episodes uh, each week. Him, Adam McKelvey, and Sophia Minard uh, this year joining uh, those two. Again, you can go to Brewers.com or download and listen for free on your Odyssey app. Tim, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, have fun out in Arizona. Yeah, appreciate it. See you soon, Sparky. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.